The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Please stand with me if you would as we read Mark chapter 34, or Mark chapter 4. We're going to read verses 35 down through verse number 40. The Bible says, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let's pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. Verse 38. And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and saith unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? So good to be home uh, after 10 days of being on a mission trip. I appreciate each and every one of you who were praying for us over the past week and the team that went down to Nicaragua to serve on the medical missions team. It was just an outstanding week. We had the opportunity of opening up a clinic in a poorer area of Nicaragua so that folks from the community could get medical needs taken care of, vitamins, uh, some prescriptions. Uh, we actually had the opportunity of doing a surgery. One of the doctors did a surgery on an individual that had a tumor. And so we were able just to do a whole lot of, of medical-type work and meet some medical needs. Uh, we also had an optometry kind of area where uh, folks who couldn't see, we were able to provide prescription glasses for. And so we worked pretty intensely. It was uh, from morning to the evening, and it was, uh, it was kind of warm, but I'm just so thankful for what the Lord did. And what we would do is as people would come through to get, to, you know, whatever it is that they needed, uh, we'd also at the end have an opportunity for them to hear the gospel one-on-one by somebody in their own language. And uh, so we had 1,700 people over the course of those four days that we were able to work with and to provide for. And so we were just super encouraged by the opportunity to do that. And uh, to just see what God's doing, not just here in our area, but around the world. Of those 1,700 that came through, uh, 200 people made professions of faith, uh, placing their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so that was pretty encouraging. Hunter's excited, and uh, the rest are excited. So that's pretty awesome. And we're pumped by what God's doing, and just so glad uh, to be able to be a part. On, on one day, there was a man who came in, and he had a big tumor uh, literally growing off the side of his face. And he just was never able to get anything done with it. The doctor said, you know what, Uh, let's just do surgery right now. And so we got an old tool shed. This is no joke. Uh, In the tool shed, we opened up a table, uh, like a, you know, just a regular table that you'd eat on. And he put them on there. And uh, I know he asked Alan to come over and record it as he was doing the surgery. Uh, If you want to jump on my Facebook, there's a great picture of Alan taking a picture, doing videos. And he's just got, you can tell God did not make Alan to be a doctor. Let's just say that uh, by the look on his face. But we just had some great memories, and uh, we're going to be going again next year. We don't know exactly what country we're going to be heading to, uh, but we'd like to take another team down. And I want to encourage each and every one of you to prayerfully consider being a part of one of these trips. They're absolutely life-changing. I'm telling you what, they will encourage you. And uh, so we're looking forward to the opportunities uh, that are coming out of that. Uh, While there, I also had the opportunity of uh, working on our upcoming sermon film premiere. And uh, we're going to be doing another one of those, like we did a few weeks ago, 
uh, revolving around missions work. And so we got to work on that as well. Just got a whole lot done. And I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for your prayers and your encouragement and support as we had the opportunity to do that. Well, today, as Pastor Nick said a moment ago, uh, we're going to be talking about this subject of miracles in the midst of fear. Miracles in the midst of fear. Uh, Throughout this series, we're looking at the miracles of Jesus and how these miracles really were something that didn't just affect the disciples in Bible times, but how God continues to want to do miracles in our lives today. Can I ask you this question? Have you ever been at a season in your life where you had done everything that you knew how to do? You, you, had, you had worked as hard as you knew how to work. You had done everything that you knew to do, and you still weren't doing enough. You, you still couldn't make it all work out. And you, have you ever been at a place where you just felt like you were at the end of yourself? Like you were just so overwhelmed. It's just like you didn't even know how to go forward. It's, it's in those moments that we desperately need to see God do the miraculous. And that's what we're looking at throughout this series, is different areas in which God does the miraculous, even in the midst of some very difficult situations. Uh, A couple of years ago, my family and I decided that we were going to go up to the snow up at Shaver Lake. How many of you have ever visited the snow at Shaver Lake before? You've been up there, and uh, if you you remember, you've got to take kind of, is the 158 or the 168? Somebody help me. (laughs) 168 up the, through Aubrey and Toll House, and you get to that one stretch of road, and if, if you guys have been up there, you know the one I'm talking about. It's the one that goes right along the side of the mountain. It's probably a mile or two long, and on the right-hand side as you're driving, I mean, it just feels like there's just a huge cliff there, you know, and it's just, I, it looks like it's going down a thousand feet. I don't know exactly how far it is, but when you're driving, it's pretty terrifying. I know whenever I'm going up there with the kids, my kids are always telling me to scoot over on the road. They're like, you know, looking out over. It's just a little intimidating to be driving up there well we were driving and we were going to go see some snow and as we got to that portion for whatever reason the snow just started coming down and I, I, I wouldn't go so far as saying it was a storm but you know for this California boy it might as well be you know I'm driving up there it's starting to snow the storm's starting to come down and it's getting a little you know kind of uh, you know I was getting a little scared I'll be quite honest you know you're driving up there you're right at this portion there's this huge cliff on the right side of you and you're just driving thinking okay I hope everything's going to be all right uh, I found out later that uh, when you do these things you're supposed to have something on your on your tires they're called chains you know and uh, so unfortunately we did not have any of those and we're kind of inching our way up and we get to the point where there's a big bend in the road and we're about to come around the bend when all of a sudden around the bend coming in the opposite direction toward us is this big Chevy pickup truck and I'm telling you what when it came around that corner something happened and it lost control and so we're seeing this truck coming around the corner and it's starting to fishtail toward us and literally at one point the entire truck was sideways as it was sliding toward us and I'm thinking to myself this is not going to be good I mean I don't know how far we were from the edge but I thought this thing is coming at us with enough speed that if it hit us the right way, I, di- I just didn't know what, you know, could have happened. I thought, man, the last thing we need is, you know, our final trip as a family to be over the edge of this cliff. You know, that would not be a great uh, a family day, I guess you could say it that way, you know. And so we're looking, and I mean, as this truck's kind of uh, fishtailing toward us, I mean, all I knew to do in my heart was just like, pray, Lord, just, you know, help this car to stop. And sure enough, 
probably within two or three feet, uh, that truck was able to manage to stop, and there it was. It was facing sideways. We're facing this way, and what was so funny about the whole situation is the driver of the truck never made eye contact with me, you know? He was just like, pretend eh, nothing's happening. He drove off, and it was like, no big deal, you know? And so I was like, man, the least you could do is like, you know, you know make eye contact and be like, sorry, or something like that, but no, he just was going to pretend like none of it happened. Have you ever found yourself in the midst of a storm before? And maybe it's a physical storm where it was raining and it was thundering, or maybe you were on a boat somewhere and it just, you know, got pretty crazy out there. Maybe it was just a snowstorm. We've we've all been in storms. But what I want to talk about today is the spiritual storms that sometimes we'll find ourselves in. The truth is, if, if you live through this life long enough, there will be moments where you're going to experience some storms. And maybe for some of you, it'll be some relational storms, a, a storm in your marriage, or maybe it'll be a storm with your children, or maybe with your parents, and the, the relationship is just, man, it's tumultuous, where it used to be easier, and you used to be able to get along. It just seems like no matter what you do, it just is, if there's tension in the relationship, there's a, there's a storm in the relationship. Uh, maybe for other folks, it's in your career, maybe in your finances, and, and it just seems like no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to make things work out financially, and you feel like you're doing everything you're supposed to do, and, and, and you're, you know, trying to, you know, uh, just accomplish everything in a way that'll be proper, but you just can't. You just need a miracle in finances, and, and we could go on and on and on, yet the truth is all of us have been through seasons where our lives have experienced a storm. Uh, somebody once said, you know what, uh, you're either uh, in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or, or watch out, <laughs> because you might be heading into one. The reality is storms are a part of life, and uh, I want to use this as an opening theme for our message this morning, and that is simply this, God uses faith, God uses faith to abolish fear. All right, we're going to talk about fears today. What type of miracles do we need to see in the midst of fear? We're going to see that God uses faith to abolish fear. Let's dive into our text, verse number 35 of Mark chapter number 4. The Bible says, and the same day when the evening was come. Now, you say, why does it say the same day? (coughs) Excuse me. You see, uh, Jesus has had a really tough day of ministry. He's been preaching, he's been teaching, he's been healing. Uh, This comes on the tail end of a very difficult, just busy time, a busy season in his life. And so it's on the same day where now all of a sudden they're going to find themselves in the midst of a storm. Now, the reason I bring that up is to say this. Oftentimes when you experience storms in your life and you experience difficulties and you experience hardships, they're not going to come at opportune times. Oftentimes, when we experience storms in our lives, they're going to come at some very inopportune times. They're not going to come at perfect season. You, we don't get our calendars and our day schedulers out and, and try, to, try to plan when our next trial is going to be or plan when our next problem is going to come up. How many of you have found that problems will just kind of come and hit you out of nowhere? You've ever been there before? It's like you didn't plan it. You, you couldn't have anticipated it, and it just happened. That's what's going on here in this passage. This was just a regular day. It was a busy day. Uh, We're going to see in a moment that Jesus is trying to get some rest. The disciples are there in the boat. And and I think it's a good thing to note that these disciples, they were great fishermen. Uh, They had spent a lot of time out on the sea. They were no stranger to the waves. They were no stranger to the winds. They were no stranger to the storms. This was something they were very much used to. And yet we're going to see that they face a storm unlike anything they've faced before. Notice was it says in the same day when the evening was come verse 39 
uh, for 35, Jesus said unto them, what does he say? Let us pass over onto the other side. So they're there, they come down to the sea, there's a sea in front of them, and Jesus says, hey, let's go to the other side in this boat. You say, why, why are you bringing this out? Because the reality is these disciples were following the word of God. They were listening to the voice of Jesus. They were responding to his will. They were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. And yet, as we're going to see in a moment, they still face a storm. As Christians, I have found that there are many people, and they honestly believe, as long as I'm obeying God's voice, as long as I'm listening to his word, as long as I'm following his spirit, as long as I'm accomplishing his will, if I'm doing all the things God wants me to do, then God is going to make my life not have any trials. He's going to make it so my life has no storms. He's going to make it so my life has no problems. And it's very easy for Christians to start to convince themselves that they do everything right, they say everything right, they follow God's spirit, they do what God calls them to do, then their life is just going to be a bed of roses. And I'm here to say, that's simply just not true. (laughs) It's not. You see, Jesus told them to go out into the storm. Jesus, not to the storm, but into the sea. And he knew the storm that was about to come. And even though these disciples were obeying the voice of the Lord, they still found themselves in a difficult situation. Uh, John chapter number 16, verse 33, reminds us of something along this lines. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter number 16, verse 33. It says, in the world, you shall have tribulation. Now, notice what it does not say. It does not say, in the world, you might have tribulation. Now, where tribulation means trials or problems or difficulties. In the world, you shall have tribulation. It doesn't say, you might have tribulation. It doesn't even say, you, you could have tribulation. No, this is a promise. This is something that God wants you to know. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, the reality is this. In the world, you're going to have tribulations. In this life, you're going to have some issues in your marriage. In this life, there are going to be some issues in your career. In this life, you're going to have some problems in your finances. In this world, there's going to be tensions. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be hard times. It might be that you might even go through seasons of spiritual difficulty or a health difficulty. Jesus says, in this world, because we live in a broken, flawed world, this world got messed up by sin a whole long time ago, and because of that, people have to experience consequences and sometimes the consequences that we experience are not even our consequences we experience the consequences of parents that maybe got divorced or we experience the consequences of the sin of a spouse or we experience the consequences of 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 choices that our kids made and and their choices impact us and sometimes we're living with the consequences and we're living with the difficulties of, of somebody else's doings But Jesus simply says, hey, in the world you shall have tribulation. I love that the verse doesn't stop, though. Let's keep reading. But be of good cheer. That's a little strange, isn't it? Hey, in this world you're going to have problems. In this world you're going to have trials. In this world it's going to get hard. And Jesus says, but be of good cheer. He's basically saying, it's going to be okay, though. It's going to be okay. Why? For I have overcome the world. Jesus says the reason you can be of good cheer, the reason why it's going to be okay is because ultimately I win. Ultimately, I am victorious. 
ultimately I'm going to conquer all. And remember what the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you put your faith and trust in Christ, you get to, you experience the spirit of Christ. You get the spirit of Christ inside of you that has already overcome all the trials and all the problems and all the difficulties and all the hardships, which leads us to our first thought this morning if you're taking notes in your service program, and that is simply this, storms will happen. There's no way around it. Trials are inevitable. Problems and difficulties, as much as we try to avoid them, we will not be able to. They are a fact of life living on this broken planet called Earth. You could spend your whole life trying to evade and avoid problems, but the reality is you just can't. But what we're going to see in this passage is what we can do in the midst of storms. Storms will happen. Difficulty and pain are a part of everyday life, and that whether you're an unbeliever or a believer. Pain and storms and difficulties are a fact of life. In this passage, you're going to see three common responses when storms happen. You're going to see the disciples, uh, they have some responses here that we see in this passage. Uh, Notice what the Bible says in verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, notice this, so that it was now full. Later on, Jesus is going to say, hey, why why are you so fearful? He says that down in verse number 40, which leads us to our first uh, response here of when storms happen in our lives, one of the common responses to trials and difficulties is fear. When all of a sudden we get that news from our employer that maybe they're going to be downsizing or they're going to be kind of cutting back our hours. When all of a sudden, you know, your teenager starts making decisions that you know is going to take them down a path that's going to bring them a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. Maybe you find yourself, you're watching the news and you're like, what's going on in our world? And your heart just gets overwhelmed by fear. Fear is a very natural response when storms and difficulties and trials happen. And that's exactly what the disciples do. They just, they're just, they just get afraid. Oh no, what's going to happen? They, 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 get, they get afraid, they're scared, they're, they're worried. Notice what the, what the Bible says here in, in the um, verse, end of verse number 37. It says that the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. It was full. Like it's one thing when just some waves are beating against the boat of your life. I mean, how many of you have been there before? It's like, okay, this isn't fun. You know, you get a flat tire. Okay, it's a little wave that beats against your practical life. Or, you know, it just seems like the kids aren't behaving. Or it just seems like, man, I can't. uh, It just seems like, man, my spouse just doesn't understand me. It's not the end of the world, but it's just kind of hitting your life here and there. It's kind of causing your life to sway a little bit back and forth. But then how many of you know what I'm talking about when you start going through seasons and now the wave's not just beating against your life, but now it's just starting to overwhelm your life? life the waves are getting your boat and your life and it just seems like now okay all of a sudden now i'm like drowning in this thing i'd say before i was kind of managing it before it was a little irritating before it was a little frustrating and now i feel like man i don't even know if i'm going to make this thing no notice what they say in verse number 37 they, they're like afraid they're going to die we're going to perish they say so not only do we see fear but we see stress they're just they're literally overwhelmed by it To the point where they're just like, man, they are scared, they are stressed out, they don't know what they're going to do. And remember, these are seasoned sailors, these are seasoned fishermen. These men know what they're doing. They're they're no strangers uh, to this type of weather, but this storm was bad. And, And now they're just stressed out, 
Their boat is overflowing with water. It says it's full. It's, a, it's about to sink. I mean, this is where they find themselves at. Have you ever been there before where you're just stressed out? How many of you have been in a situation, the finances, maybe it's around your bills, and you just get, you get, you get really stressed out when it comes to your finances? Anybody like that? Just, man, ah, you just get so overwhelmed. Anybody, any moms here ever get stressed out with their kids? I know that all you got, your mom, you guys are awesome, right? You never, you never get stressed out with kids. How many of you just with work? You ever been a little stressed out at work, just like, man, overwhelmed by everything that's coming into your life, and you're just, you, that's what you're feeling. That's what's going on here. But not only do you see that, but I want you to see, notice the end of uh, verses uh, number uh, 38. The Bible says at the end of verse 38, the disciples say to Jesus, Master, carest not that we perish? They ask him a question. I mean, remember, the storm, it's billowing, the waves are beating against the ship. The wind is blowing. Imagine yourself there for a moment. And there, there you are. All of a sudden, water's coming to the boat, and you are smack dab in the middle of this. Like, you know, if this thing goes down, we're all going to die. Jesus over there sleeping under a little awning on the other side of the boat, and the disciples cry out, Jesus, don't you even care that we're going to die? Which brings us to a third response that's natural when storms and trials happen in our lives, and that's simply this. It can bring doubt doubt notice what they say they say master carest thou not that we perish god god do you even care that that we might die don't you care don't do you even care the situation that we find ourselves in have you ever done that before have you ever doubted whether or not god cares for you you ever been there have you ever had a time where maybe deep down you thought, man, I wonder, I wonder if God even cares? But here's what I want to say to you today. You have a God in heaven that cares deeply about you. In fact, he cares so much about you, the Bible says he knows how many hairs you have on your head because he cares for you. He loves you. He adores you. He wants the very best for you. You have a God that cares. You have a God that knows the situation that you're going through. I might not know all the details of everything that's happening in your marriage, and I might not know all the details of everything that's taking place, you know, in your finances or in your relationships or even just spiritually, but I can, I can, I can say this. I, I imagine that many people in this room right now, you are going through a storm, and some of you are going through some very intense storms, either relationally or you're going through some intense storms in your career or at work, or for some of you, maybe even with a health condition that you have, storms happen, and in those storms, it's very easy to come to a place where we say, God, do you even care that this, this might just ruin me? Ruin me financially, ruin my health, ruin my relationship. God, do you even care? And I want to say to you today, He cares. Your God cares for you. The, the Bible says He even cares for the birds of the field. He cares for you. He knows what you're going through, but most important... <laughs> He's powerful enough to do something about it. I love what happens here. The disciples are yelling out to Jesus. He's resting in the back part of the ship, sleeping after a long day, and the storms are billowing, and and they cry out, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? Jesus stands up very calmly. I love the fact that he doesn't even answer them. (laughs) I mean, this is Jesus. This is like classic Jesus, right? Stands up. He's hearing them. They're all yelling, we're going to die. 
why? You know, they're just crazy. They're stressed out. You know, they're afraid. They're like, ah. Jesus very calmly gets up. He walks past them, goes to the edge of the boat, reaches out his hand and says, peace be still. Peace be still. We all go through hard days, don't we? We all go through difficult times. Believe it or not, as a pastor, I, for what my wife could tell you, even pastors have bad days. Uh, several weeks ago, I was having a particularly bad day. I was having a rough day. Like, like anything, you know, you have seasons where things are hitting against your life. And, you know, most of the time you're able to manage them. Okay, that happens and that happens. And uh, these types of things take place. And, you know, it gets a little difficult. And, and for me, in seasons where there's a, a lot of need and a lot of expectation and a lot that's being demanded of my time or energies and things, I can get very susceptible to feeling highly inadequate. Like, God, you, you put me in a situation that's above me. You know, God, when you brought me here, there was like, you know, 40 folks, and that was manageable, and I could be there and do everything. I felt like I had everything under control. And then over the years, as God grows this place, and we go to a larger facility, and then to multiple services, and different type personalities, and all different types of demographics, and it gets broader, and the gen- generationally it gets broader. It's just all, there's so many expectations, and there's so much need And I can't tell you days don't go by without me hearing about needs that are existing in people's life, financial needs and health needs and relational needs. And I'll be praying with folks and testing folks and calling people. And I'll be honest, I get to a place where the care of the church, it gets very overwhelming at times. And I've had seasons where literally everything in my personal life was going just smooth sailing and yet my heart was so broken for the pain and the hurt and the trials that so many people in our church are going through. I mean, we've had people this week lose family members. Uh, we've had folks this week that are going through intense financial difficulties. There are people in this room right now who are struggling with some of their relationships on a deep level. And it's hard. And as a pastor, I, I, I carry that. I'm not even really supposed to. <laughs> I'm supposed to cast that on the Lord, but I struggle with that sometimes. And a deep sense of inadequacy is something I'm regularly tempted with. And in those moments, I can become very afraid. I can get very stressed out. And I can come to a place where just emotionally, I'm just, you know, what do we do? And it's, it's great to have people around you in those moments, you know, folks that are close. I've had times where things are just so intense, you know, in those moments that I've literally just, I just break down crying. Just, I, I just literally don't even know how to emotionally process the amount of hurt that other people are feeling. And it's a weird dynamic to, on one hand, have feel like you have a life where everything's pretty good, <laughs> but emotionally be living and carrying vicariously the weight. Of, the Apostle Paul called it the care of the church. Some of you have kids, and, and when you're, how many of you know what I'm talking about? When your kids hurt, you like feel that hurt yourself. You know what I'm talking about? It's, a, it's probably not exactly the same, but a, for a pastor, it feels somewhat that way. Like, like people in our church, when they're hurting, I feel that vicariously. And because of that, and not knowing how to, because I can't be everything to everyone at every time, I feel a deep sense of inadequacy through that, those moments. I feel like I, I'm drowning in it. 
a couple weeks ago, I, I was thankful for Pastor Nick. I got with him. I said, man, I just, I just need you to pray with me. And we got together, and he, he, he was just such a help and such an encouragement. We prayed together, you know, and some of you others reached out, and you guys were praying. And I, just, I was just so thankful, you know, to have folks in those moments that are, that are there. And the reality is, though, that, you know what, everybody is going to go through hard days. You say, why do you share that? I share that to simply say, I know you guys go through those days, too. You, you, you have those times where you're struggling just with inadequacy. You struggle with feelings like, you know, you're never going to have the picture-perfect marriage that you thought you were going to have. You, you, you just, man, what you once thought your life was going to turn out, it's not turning out that way. The, the, the child that you thought would be with you until the day you die, God and his sovereignty took them away before you did. It just, and you wrestle with these things. And it's hard. And it's difficult. And I just want to remind you of something. Storms will happen. They're a part of life. They hit each and every one of us. But notice what Jesus says, peace be still. Verse number 39. You say, why do you bring that up? Here's why. Notice, notice the Bible was saying they were afraid. The Bible was saying they were living. Uh, they were in fear. They didn't have any faith. But notice what happens. Even in the middle of the disciples' fear and lack of faith, it didn't keep God from doing a miracle. Let that sink in for a moment. God can and God oftentimes will do the miraculous even when you are afraid and have no faith. Wow. Now, as we saw last week, sometimes there are times where we can't do it. We can't do what God wants us to do because we lack faith. But I'm here to say this. Your lack of faith doesn't limit God. <laughs> and God in his sovereignty, if he so chooses, can do any miracle he desires, regardless of your fear. How many of you had situations where in the midst of your fear, in the midst of your failure, in the midst of your lack of faith, and God still did something anyways? And you're like, oh man, <laughs> you almost felt embarrassed. I've been there. The truth is simply this. While storms will happen, miracles are still possible. Miracles are possible. I want you to see this on the screen. I just read it a moment ago. The disciples' fear and lack of faith didn't keep God from doing a miracle. It didn't keep God from doing that miracle. But I want to say this, God can and oftentimes will do the miraculous even when you're afraid and have no faith. Uh, I think, guys, you got this on the screen here for me? Uh, go to the next one because we just read that. It says, however, notice this, our fear and lack of faith will have a massively negative impact on our spirit as we encounter the inevitable storms of life. Somebody might say, well, if God's going to do miracles regardless of whether I'm afraid or regardless of whether or not I have faith, then what's the point of having faith? What's the point of, you know, all this Christian stuff anyways? The reality is because God wants us to have faith, as we're going to see here in just a moment in our passage. Uh, he says down in verse number 40, and Jesus said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? The reason God wants us to have faith is so that when we go through the inevitable storms of life, our hearts can be at rest in the midst of the storms. You see, Jesus, the Bible says, was resting 
in verse number 38. He was resting in the storm. This is a great reminder of the life that is possible when we are experiencing the Spirit of God. Just like Jesus was able to go to sleep and take a nap when the, when the storms were billowing around him. Get this. Listen to this. This is so important. With the Spirit of God, you can also have peace You also can have joy in the midst of difficult circumstances around you. You see, God doesn't always need to fix the circumstance in order for your heart to be at rest. In fact, some would say that's a bigger miracle. Yes, sometimes God in his sovereignty calms the storms around you. But oftentimes he calms the storm within you instead while the storm around you rages on. And that is what's possible in the Spirit of God. Verse 40, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So on the screen, notice this. In the midst of storms, in the midst of storms, you will either choose to focus on your fears or you will choose to focus on your faith and confidence in God. Can I ask you this question? What do you obsess with? Are you always obsessed with the next problem you have at work or the issues you're having in your relationships? Is it easy for you to go from problem to problem to problem to problem and your entire existence is obsessing and focusing on all the problems that happen in life? Or are there times where you come and you just set your affection, you set your focus on your faith and confidence that you have in God? How much time do you take to just very intentionally say, no, God, I'm not gonna focus I'm not going to stress out about the problem, about the storms. I'm going to keep my focus on you knowing. I'm going to preach the gospel to myself. I'm going to preach the reality that that you know my needs. You care about my needs. And you're powerful enough to, to calm either the storm around me or the spirit within me. I trust you with that. I believe that you can do that. Is your, where's your focus? Here's the deal. You can't focus on faith and fear at the same time. If your heart is filled with fear... There's not faith. But when your heart is filled with faith, there is no fear. And I'm telling you what, you show me a Christian who is focused on the Lord, who really is focused on their confidence in God, guess what? Fear doesn't doesn't affect them the same way. Not because they're trying to make themselves, you know, not be afraid and be a good Christian. No, when you're focused on all the goodness of God, guess what? Fear Fear and faith can't coexist. And so each moment, as you walk in the Spirit, you have to choose what it is you're going to stay focused on. You see, the real miracle God wants us to experience is peace and stillness, regardless of what's going on around us. A few weeks ago, when I was having a kind of a difficult day, and sometimes what I'll often do, and what I did in this time, is I think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take out a bunch of sticky notes. I'm going to write verses on them, and I'm going to write little prayers on them, and I'm just going to stick them everywhere I'm going to be for the next seven days. That was my plan for this thing. And so sure enough, to, to my wife's chagrin, there were like yellow sticky notes, you know, next to my bed, and right there on my mirror as I was brushing my teeth. I had a couple of them in my car. When I opened up my computer, I had some sticky notes there. And for me, that was something I was going to do to help me, no matter, just to focus, to stay fixated on God and His promises. I don't know what you're going to have to do. It might be something else. But here's the, the end goal is not that you have sticky notes. The end goal is that you would somehow figure out how are you going to stay focused on your faith and confidence in God even in the midst of difficult seasons in your life. That, that's, that's the goal. So here's the takeaway. Take you got to choose to focus on your faith in God rather than focusing on your fear 
of circumstance. What takes up most the focus in your head? I mean, ask yourself this, and I'm not talking whether it's consciously or subconsciously. Do you find yourself fixating and focusing on the storms, the problems around you, or are you regularly turning your attention and your focus to God, His love for you, His compassion for you, His care, and the trust that you have in Him? Because fear and faith cannot coexist. You show me a believer who's walking through this life with a spirit of faith, the reality is this, that even when storms do hit, they won't affect you the same way internally. Because God is faithful. So what will you choose to focus on today? The fear of those things around you or faith in the God above you? Man, fix your heart on Christ. Set your affections on Him. And it's not just something we do because that's what spiritual Christians do. No, it's our hope. It's our hope for experiencing calm like Jesus did in the midst of the storm. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.